What's up, you guys? E Squared the Podcast here, and it's Jalen Gasper, and as always, I'm with my main man, Andre Flaxen Waxen Jackson. Always stay packed. We must always begin <laughs> our episodes like this, even the professional ones. But we have a, a, an extremely important episode today. We're interviewing a pretty important person. I'd like to let him introduce himself. This is Constable Bates. Man, I appreciate y'all uh, having this opportunity to sit down and, and speak to you all and speak to anyone that's listening. And once again, my name is Chris Bates. I've been the constable um, here in Jefferson County, uh, a precinct two, uh, which precinct two covers uh, mainly Port Arthur, um, for um, since 2013. Since 2013, I was elected to the office, and uh, it's been it's been great. It's been real good to be able to um, do the works of the constable and then utilize this position to do positive stuff for the community um, in many areas of uh, youth reinforcement, positive reinforcement for young people, uh, helping our older um, seasoned citizens, as I say. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's, been a, it's been a great road. Um, I don't plan on going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Born and raised here in Port Arthur. I'm the oldest of six. I got a big family. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's cool, man. I love Port Arthur. You know, uh, one of the things that when I talk to people, I go out and I talk to people, you know, and sometimes they don't know about Port Arthur. And I let them know that I'm from the Port Arthur, Texas. <laughs> or some people know about Port Arthur, what they think they know about Port Arthur, yeah. and they have some negative insights. And I normally shut that down real quick because I'm not going to allow you to talk about my city negatively yeah, in front exactly. of me. We all have our ups and downs, but for the most part, you have to be proud of where you come from, you know. Absolutely. And, um, I think if a lot of people take that aspect of it instead of always trying to tear it down, just, you know, if there's a situation, there's something that you want to change, then go forward and change. Don't just talk. A lot of people about talk, but action is what we need. So um, what you guys are doing here in, in the podcast and reaching out to other individuals is, is a great experience, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Oh, that, that, that's amazing and um, not to be braggadocious but you've kind of left out the detail being actually you know one of the youngest people elected in your office you know that I mean e- even though that that's a small you know detail that, that that's really uh, inspiration to people like us yeah. you know it shows that you know there's no age requirement you know there's no uh, well well there's an age requirement to run but there's not you know you don't have to be part of a certain generation right. And right. we, we really love, you know, your generation of leaders, you know, stepping up to the plate. And we, and we appreciate that. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm still the youngest con- elected official in Jefferson County. At, and when I first took office, I was the youngest constable in the state of Texas out of 770 constables. Um, and then the second um, youngest in state history. Then I'm the first African-American constable to hold this position in precinct, too. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing. It's a... Um, Getting the first is that another is all good because it comes with the territory. But being able to reach out, being able to be a, a positive role model to you know um, young people like yourself, to seeing someone in in politics, seeing someone in government, and that's doing right by the the whole process because you know people that don't understand it, they look at it and they're like it's it's something that they're not interested in or, um, or, or it's it's corrupt or it's negative. Yeah. You know, so I I'm sitting forward to change that aspect. Uh, of uh, politics, of government, of uh, what we do in law enforcement as far as um, the constables and how we're involved in it. So um, it's, it's just a blessing. Well, what you're saying that I'd like to ask you uh, our first question of the day is, uh, do you feel a more community-involved police force is important for, you know, keeping crime rates, crime rates low or just having a better PR, 
you know, public relations with the community and the police force? I think in any city, if your police department um, is not connected some way, somehow with the city, then um, it's going to be hard for that police department to operate, uh, gain trust for the upper community, solve crimes, lower crime rates. Um, one of my approaches as far as law enforcement in this office is community involvement. Um, any way I can, um, some days I'm up late, early morning starts, but I think it's necessary for people to see law enforcement interacting um, in a positive manner throughout the city. Now, when you lack that, then you have um, people that don't necessarily understand the role that law enforcement plays. They don't know the, the job aspects of it. The only time they get um, information is from the media, um, other than getting it straight forward from the police departments. You know, so one of the things that is in conjunction with having that community involvement from law enforcement is that law enforcement all and agencies they have to be um, transparent. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, um, and I've seen a situation across the nation where they've taken so long to just put out something with yeah. a situation that happened and then in that time period you allow people to rumors to start you know festering up you know different things distress whether they're hiding this that and other so you have to be able to communicate with your community and the community has to communicate with the law enforcement also so that everybody can work together um, in one accord because without that togetherness without that unified effort it's not going to be uh, it's going to be hard it's going to be real hard We've had our ups and downs in, in, in our city with law enforcement, and we're kind of going through another transition now. And uh, we hope that our, our, our council and our city uh, appoints the right um, next chief, and then that person comes in and do a wonderful job, and they understand, you know, the balance that's needed um, for a community. So, um, but it definitely does impact um, crime rates, involvement. You want to have that community-oriented policing in any agency. Okay, well, uh, you said community a lot, uh, transparency. Mm -hmm. Did you get in law enforcement to be uh, a role model or to fill a bit of a hole that you felt was there, you know, to step up and say that I'm going to be a leader in my own way? That my is own right. Right. Well, you know, it's so funny, man. You know, a lot of, if you talk to a lot of um, police officers, a majority of them will say that, you know, that I grew up wanting to be a police officer. I grew up, but that wasn't me. No, actually, I grew up and I had always told my mom that I want to be a teacher. Um, me being a police officer today kind of happened by accident. You know, it was something that uh, I heard one of my friends that was an officer. He was, um, he was, he had already came through and he was a rookie, but he was saying how good the benefits were and how we were making a good profession and, and making some good money. I think at the end of the day, we all like you know, yeah, money. money. You know, <laughs> exactly. Just be real, you know. Yeah. So you know, and at that time, I was still in, in college and working on my bachelor's degree and I was like, you know, let me just take the test with me and my two other friends and you know, I ended up passing the test and um, went through the background and, and this, that, and other and um, the chief at that time, Mark Blanton, offered me a job to go to the police academy and you know, I had to be real with myself for just that one quick second. I was like, what am I doing? You know, because <laughs> I never wanted to be law enforcement but um, as I continue to go to the police academy and I continue to see um, as far as the, the role that I can play in law enforcement, I seen that there was a job that I was fit to do, that uh, the Lord invested me with the, with the intellect to do the job. And then from there, 
you know, I kind of I went around to a couple of police departments, just kind of finding my way, seeing. I always felt like I wanted to um, matriculate to a higher position, but I just didn't know what then and there. But um, when this constable, the current, the, the last previous constable retired, then it was something. I always wanted to be in politics. Either I was thinking city council at one point, but this just kind of fell in my lap where I could do the politics, do the government aspect, and still be in law enforcement. So. Um, it just kind of worked out to where it is now, and then um, I, I made the best of it, you know. And, and, and I seen there was a need, like you said, you don't have to wait till you're a certain age. And I seen there was a need. Um, I, I won the Democratic primary at 26. Unopposed. And um, and then from there, I just got to work because I seen what what could be done. I seen the need, and you know, a lot of times people see stuff. And they see something that needs to be changed, but they, you know, they kind of doubt themselves. You know, we all got that little, right before we go there, we do we, do I do it or do I not do it, you know? A little voice in the head. A little voice in the head. And, and I've had that voice, you know, over the course of my whole career. But sometimes it's just the best thing to do is just, just to jump out there. And you have some people that are on the side of you that can help you out. But for the most part, um, like I said, my main intentions was to be a teacher, elementary school teacher, maybe a principal. But this worked out to where I'm still able to interact with young people. I just, I mean, going around the schools and giving out perfect attendance awards to um, students that has been to school every day of the school year. A month of flood, ice storm, and everything like that. We still have young people that have been to school every single day of school since the start. And I made a, a, a little joke at the last presentation. I said, I said, parents, how many people y'all can raise your hand since y'all been to work every day? You know, because <laughs> it's hard, you know? Yeah, you know yeah. So, um, but like I said, I've taken this job, I've taken this position, and I'm, I'm trying to do the most with it, you know, the most good with it. And um, I'm, I'm grateful to be um, working in it right now. Uh, so, as you say that you're, you know, you, you love your position that's mm -hmm. comfortable, but, you know, would you ever, ever venture farther into politics if the opportunity proposed itself? You know, I, 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 uh, I, a lot of people have asked me that, and I, I had conversations with um, family and friends that I'm not going to limit myself. You know, a lot of times, um, people, some, especially young people, uh, they limit themselves, you know? And y'all young, I'm, I'll be 33 in a couple of weeks now, so I'm not young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but don't put limit. I, I try not to put limits on myself to say. You know, I try to just set new goals. If I if I achieve something, then um, I say, what can I do next? What more can I do? How? What? You know. So um, right now, I don't know exactly what the position may you know be, or what the Lord may hold for me later on. But what I do know is that He's given me a, a mindset to to make um, set my foundation very very strong for whatever. He gives to me, then I'll be able, my foundation can sustain, you know, and then I can build up. A lot of times, people get positions, or they want a position, and they're not necessarily ready for their position. Their foundation is shaky, you yeah. know, and you know, you can only put so much on a slab of concrete, you know. So I want to make sure that mine is firm. So whatever I put on top of it, whatever the next position is, then I can, I can, uh, it can, it can sustain that weight. And then I can build on it. I always want to build on it. So, I'm like I said, I ain't shutting the doors. I'm not not putting limits <laughs> on myself. But um, I do um, have some aspirations to maybe go a little bit deeper into um, the political um, 
arena, so to say, or uh, or county government to maybe a countywide um, position or something like that. But it's going to be a little bit out of line, in my mind. You know, I could set things, but other come. things can happen. Exactly. So you just don't know. But in my in my thought process, I'm, it won't be in time soon. But I hadn't it's shut plans, the doors. Plans are being made. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, we're talking about politics. You know, we saw you at the gala. What is your opinion on voting? Is it, uh, is it, obviously we all know here it's important, mm -hmm. but is it, you know, being seen by everybody else like that? Yeah. Man, I, uh, I teach at Lamar Institute of Technology as an adjunct professor, part-time professor, and I teach Texas government. If anybody want to take my class, I'm, taking, I'm, I'm teaching in the fall at LIT, so look me up on the, on the class, bro. <laughs> but I teach it, okay. and I, I really try to change the mentality and give more understanding to voting, the voting process. And um, if you talk to anybody that's taken my class the last two semesters, um, they really understand it more because the actual elected official is teaching them about the government and politics and the process. Um, and what I try to get to them is that the reason that I'm in my position is because of you. Without you, there's no constable base. Maybe a Chris base, but there may not be a constable base because I have to be put in by, by the constituents. So I think people have to realize that, uh, that they're in control. If you look at any flow chart, when they're talking about government, the constituents are always at the top. But the bad thing about it is that the constituents and the citizens don't feel like they're at the top. So us as elected officials, people in government have to change that, that thought process, have to go to people and let them know that I appreciate you for allowing me to be here and be your servant leader. I, I look at myself as a servant leader. I don't, you know, leadership people you know, have many definitions, definitions of uh, definitions of leadership, but it takes more than just, you know, telling somebody what to do. I mean, you know, I'm working on our orders. Uh, if I'm a true leader, then when I look on the side of me, you know, I'll see the people that, that's, that's right on the side of me growing and getting better in, in what they in all their endeavors, you know. So um, I think it's important for people to understand that voting, man, if you don't vote, then, you know, you're not, you're not helping the process, you know. If enough people, if all the people that said they're not voting because that vote is not going to count started actually voting, then they can change the culture, change the, the, the arena of politics and government at any way, rate, especially millenniums. They can change, um, young people can change it, man, because there's, there's a lot of young people. Exactly. And they can change the, 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 the scheme of how things look if they just come together and vote. On who they want, and you know, express their views and express their views because it happened with me. Like I said, it was you know, it had to be a balance of people. But at 26 years old, you know, and I thought it was going to be a, a negative thing, but people listened to my platform and they took it seriously. And at 26, I was able to run and be elected to position. So um, I had the connections. I, I, I talked to people. I'm the same then as I am now because I want to be you know real with people. I want to let people know that I'm down to earth. I don't change. You know, I, I joke and clown with people because mm -hmm. there's people want someone that's genuine. You know, relatable. Relatable, right. So, um, with all that being said, um, 
man, voting, it, it has, it's a necessity. It has to be there. And um, if you really want real change, you know, your candidate or your proposition may not win all the time, but you, you still have to get out there and exercise your, your right to vote and don't give up. Don't give up. You were um, saying something about you know your leadership qualities when we were talking about voting, and uh, that just had me thinking: what if you could compare yourself and your leadership style to you know your um, predecessors or the people that came before you? What what would you say is the most different? Because I like how you you know said that you're more genuine. You you, you look at yourself not as a leader but as a worker for the people. And he said a servant leader. Yeah, right. servant leader. Right. What would be the main difference between you and the people who came? Um, I feel like uh, one of my my major uh, attributes as far as me being in a position and and, uh, and being able to to gain uh, respect of people is that um, just having just having a, a great integrity and just being genuine. I think you know a lot of times you know I explain to people almost every day when they ask me what does a constable do. I, I explain it all the time because. They really don't know the ins and outs of the constable job. They see the stuff that I do in the community, but they don't necessarily know exactly. They know it's something to do with law enforcement and maybe so process, but they actually really don't know what the constable does. So I explain it to them, and I let them know that, hey, in addition to all that, I made it my point to go out and try to better the community. Um, not one person, not even the governor, that run, you know, they, they, that runs the people, you know. Yeah. Uh, or any other office. You know, I may, I'm, I'm constable based, I'm Chris based at the end of the day. I have influence just like you all have influence sitting in front of me. You have influence to different people, different age groups or whatever, and I have influence also. So I've decided to utilize my influence to something positive because there's a lot of people in politics all across this nation that use their influence for negativity for and, and divide and self. And, um, and that's and if you look at it, you cut the news on at any given time, and you see that division. You know, we talk about togetherness, but what we're portraying is division um, throughout the media. The media has their own agenda. And, you know, they have to do what they do. Ratings. You know, ratings or whatnot. But um, so they're going to report on what they report on. But at the end of the day, if people understand um, the common goal of being together. Um, then I think things were trying to transpire and change a little bit differently and maybe at a better pace. But um, uh, for the most part, just um, just just being real. You know, I, I'm a musician, you know, at my church. Uh, you know, every now and then if I'm in, in between um, having to work or whatever, you know, I'll go to church, sit on the organ, I'll get on the mic in this uniform, and I'll sing. Because I don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm, I'm Chris. This, this is just all this stuff on this badge and all this stuff is just, it's just for the profession. But at the end of the day, I'm Chris Bates. So you know, I think when people see me in this thing, they be like, man, I ain't you know police officer sing. Well, I do other things. I like the bowl. I like to sing. <laughs> you know, I got other clothes. But you know, but you know, a lot of times people don't. You know, they just, you know, if you just in this uniform, that's the only thing you do. But no, so I'm, I'm there. I'm at. I'm Programs, I'm at basketball, athletic events, academic stuff. I think so. Um, I just want to. I always want to support people, especially uh, and encourage people and motivate people. So I think um, I'm not saying anyone else is not genuine or not, you know, real. But I think uh, my communication, as far as being able to communicate with um, people older than me and people younger than me, and understanding both 
worlds of it is, is, is real good. Because if you don't understand or can't communicate with even, you know, young people like yourself, your age, it's, it's hard. You know, you got to have a communication um, avenue. And some people don't know how to communicate with us. So I think that's probably one of the best things that I can offer. And uh, I heard you say that it's a bit hard to, uh, you know, kind of separate profession from the man or the person. Uh, I didn't even know that you taught also at LIT. What mm -hmm. other organizations are you involved in? You said you're a musician. Yeah. <laughs> what other things do you do outside? He, he actually of plays in my church too. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Promise Land. Promise Land. <laughs> but yeah, man. I um, before all this, I uh, I'm a musician. That was one of my actually. And I tell young people all the time they go into college that you can you can choose a major. Have a goal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be your major. Then, because I changed my majors, I think four times before I ended up graduating from college. It happens. It's, it's life, you know. But I, I, I hung in there. But I had, all, I've always been um, musically inclined. Thank, you know, shout out to my mom and daddy for helping me because they both sing. And, and that. but um, I'm a musician at Promised Land, a musician at New Pilgrim Baptist Church in Beaumont, where I sing and direct in um, choirs. I'm also the uh, the president of uh, my fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Right. Um, I'm president of our Golden Golden Triangle chapter um, here in Beaumont, Port Arthur, Orange area. Um, and I've been a member of Alpha since 2013, Alpha uh, 13. I'm also a member of Linda's Lighthouse. It's a nonprofit organization. My classmate, um, she's the president and founder, and it's in memory of her mother, and we help promote youth. Um, um, activities and se seasoned citizens and helping out. She's a nurse, so she gets people to come check them out. And we give we do different events throughout the year, um, and I'm the vice president of that organization on that board. And um, I'm also now, well, Thursday I'll be sworn in as the uh, the president of the Lamar University Alumni Advisory Board for Lamar University. Oh, wow. So, you know, it, it's it's a lot of stuff. I'll be honest, which is a lot of stuff that I do. I, I always say, man, I need to, I need to take take a few steps, you know, do you back or slow down. But <laughs> but then at the end of the day, I'm like, man, if I'm not doing something, then I feel like I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not achieving what I need to do. So um, I've been able to balance it, um, even with two daughters. You know, I just went to my daughter's uh, awards program this morning, so I went there to make sure that she seen me, so I can see, get her awards and certificates and stuff like that. And um, and then in the, in the process, I'll be getting married next year, so I'm planning a wedding at the same time. And make sure. So there's a lot going on for Chris Bates, but it's it's um, my family, my, my, my children, my fiance, they all understand it, and they're on board with what I'm doing and how, and I always ask, how can I help? What can I do to help? So it won't be just me doing, you know, all this stuff. So it, um, and friends also with, with, uh, with Linda's Lighthouse, Amber Lucas, uh, the, the president and CEO, you know, they they support me in my endeavors, and so it doesn't. It, it, it's a little bit easier because I have help um, to help you know help myself yeah. move forward. But um, that's that's just kind of what I can think off top head when I'm involved in. And, and uh, like I said, I just try to go. If there's an event or some somebody invite me or anything like that, if I can go to it, I'll try to go and support because at the end of the day, you know, you want to support people. Then you want people to support you, you know. So um, you don't necessarily have to go there the whole time, or this, that, another. But if you can go, if somebody say they got, like I'm kind of come right before I go to church, just kind of support you guys, and, and, and that's what I try to do. 
you know, throughout my, my, my day of the constant. And being a community leader is important that people see that support because that's that's what we need most than anything. And uh, remember, I, uh, going back to Linda's Lighthouse, I remember you know me actually you know figuring out about who they are uh, from Harvey. Sadly, you know, because they they were like one of the most no- active nonprofit organizations that I've seen. And to um, piggyback on that, I really want to ask you, how do you feel? Put out the the state of put out there is in since Harvey. Do you feel like we you know bettered ourselves, or do you feel like we still have ways to go? Oh, I think we do have a ways to go. We have a ways to go. <laughs> um, uh, at the inception of the flood and, and Harvey coming through, um, it was just something that when we went to meetings, we went to emergency meet, uh, management meetings about the floods coming, and we knew it was going to be bad. But not even you know I tell people all the time that. I didn't even think it was going to be that bad because it was just something that we knew it was going to be a lot of rain, but not the flood. We didn't think that the infrastructure was going to, you know, kind of fade out, fizz out a little bit on us. Not saying that was the whole thing because there was a lot of rain at one time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably would have flooded anyway, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want to make sure that our city and our county infrastructure is up to date uh, and giving us the best service uh, as taxpayers. We want to make sure that, you know, that's that's what we pay taxes for to make sure our infrastructure is, is up to date and, and and can sustain you know most of anything but I think right now we have a ways to go like my parent I had my house didn't flood but I had 12 people staying with me at one point my family you know and, and up until a month and a half ago my my parents and my sister they were able finally to go back into their home and they're staying upstairs, but they're still working on the bottom. So, uh, and my sister, she's still in a, um, a trailer right now. So, I think we have a ways to go as far as getting back, you know, just the, the housing situation. Um, I think that we should utilize this situation, even though it was devastating, but we have to be able to learn from it. A tremendous growth of learning. You know, we can't, not saying it's not gonna happen again, um, I've heard people say, well, you know, that it may not happen again. I don't, I don't think like that, you know. Always have to be proactive. You have to be proactive. If we, if we think, if some people think it's not going to happen again, then the people that's getting flood insurance now that didn't have it before, <laughs> they, would, they wouldn't be, you know, spending, getting those insurance premiums and premiums right now. So we can't think like that. We can't say, well, it's not going to happen again or, or it's not going to, this situation is not going to happen because things are changing all around us, man. This is stuff that you know I grew up and seeing you know new things that happen every day something happens that I'm like man I've never seen this this happen before you know so we can't always rely on well this is how it's always been done you know I don't like when people say that it's just something to me that's a negative overtone is this how it's always been done because we evolve and we're, we're adapting to, to different change and I think if we keep on saying it and, and actually doing that this is how it's always been done then we'll never grow yeah, it, it is. It's a scapegoat, the scapegoat, you know, to to ch- ch- trying to actually figure out um, uh, situ- resolve situations, you know. So uh, I think with all that being said, we we have a little ways to go in, in our rebuilding, but I think that we can take this time to rebuild correctly, and um, as far as our infrastructure, and then our, our management plans and our emergency management plans. I think we'll we'll be better moving forward. Um, but right now, we we hope to get somewhere um, 
hopefully 75, 80% back to where we were before, you know, uh, another natural disaster comes, you know. Uh, hurricane season just popped up on just now, you know. So uh, we're working on it, but collectively it has to be you know, something we do together. What is a, uh, a goal that you have personally, you know, judging from the things that brought that needed to fix or has been needing to be fixed for, you know, five or ten years? You know, whether it's the streets or how kind of downtown has been derelict for, you know, however many years. What is a goal that you feel Port Arthur needs to set for itself? I really believe um, that our downtown area should be one of the next focus of uh, you know, getting back, you know, bringing back to life. Um, I went to Laporte yesterday for a church service, and even in Laporte, in that little bitty downtown area, they had it to where it was it was nice. They had little shops. It was, it was no major chains, but like individuals that you know bought space, leasing space out, selling their you know having their own little shops or whatever, and it was something that was real nice. It would look like a downtown area, you know. Our downtown area does not look like a downtown area, you know. It's like a neglected, the neglected city, you know. Um, a lot of people uh, said that, you know, run on the platform of changing downtown um, or utilizing Pleasure Island. That's another diamond in the rough. Pleasure Island. It's the exact same uh, elements and situation as what we, Akima, uh, uh, Galveston, the, the Pleasure Pier. You know, those those small little areas were, didn't have anything going on in those areas until we invited investors and economic development to come in and spend the money and being able to, to, to grow those areas. Now, you know, like I said, Kima, back in the day, Kima wasn't nothing. Kima is something. People go to Kima and spend lots of money out there, yeah, you know. Um, True. And the same man that developed Kima developed the Pleasure Pier in Galveston. Really? So that, yeah, Herman uh, Fertitta that owns the owns the, uh, the Rockets, the owner of He has a, um, a TV show on, uh, what's that, um, it's called Billion Dollar Buyer. I mean, this, this man, he's from Houston. And he, I'm pretty sure if the, the situation is right, he'll come spend money out here help develop you know but we have to be able as a city as a council um, as just a governmental entity we have to be able to uh, want to invite these people and and see uh, and be inviting you know a lot of times you know people come in and they I don't know if you ever been to a city council meeting but sometimes they're you know they're not too inviting depending on because I, yeah. I, I watch them on my phone because they get kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. you know and, it's, and, it's, and it's hard for people. They want to see uh, um, a unified effort from the city leaders before they come in and spend and invest, you know, millions, maybe billions of dollars in that. So, uh, I mean, if we can't get along as a city, and I, I put myself in that also because I'm not any different from anybody. If we can't get along and we can't grow, then why would, I, why would this man or, or woman come in and invest um, in our city, man, we have so much potential in Port Arthur. I mean, we have billion-dollar industry around us. We have a a, a a pleasure island that can be developed. We have a relatively large area for downtown. There's just so much to be done. 
and trust and understand. I understand the economic and the financial impact of it because it takes money to do all this, you know. Yeah. But that's the other thing. So we're in the red in some other areas that we probably need to get out of first off before we start sending money, you know, but um, in other areas. But it, it, it takes uh, it takes time, patience, and it takes finances to build any area of your city. So I think uh, we can some way somehow utilize or, or maybe grants or different some things like that to like I don't know all the answers. You know, I have these conversations all the time with people, you know, but I you know, I'm not on that council. I'm not you know, I know the people on that council and I talk to you know, talk to them all the time about where we at and I think they have the same vision. I think it's just kinda hard to kinda go about it and, and put into action. So I think the plan of action is really what needs to be worked on. I think we all want want for all to be great. Yeah, we all want the results. Yeah, we process, all want the results, yeah. but it has to be a plan put in place and outline to move forward and let's, you know, meet this goal, boom, we got it. Meet this goal, boom, we got it. And do it like that instead of just saying, Hey, we wanna we wanna make, you know, put all the great again. <laughs> uh, stuff like that, just the whole Pleasure Island uh, downtown thing. Not only is you know are we going to be investing money in that, but that will turn into you know return on our investment when we start having you know increased amount of uh, tourists you know coming in, uh, longer citizens who now stay. You know they're not just because they have a market for opportunity. Exactly. But before we even get there, it's kind of like you said, we have a lot of leaks and yeah, ills yeah. to fix. You know from tax breaks, you know. Inside problems yeah. that need to be uh, resolved right. before we invite anybody outside to where I right. But, uh, you know, just listen to you speak again, you know, you're obviously intelligent, you're driven, you know, and uh, you're ambitious with all the things that you're uh, involved in, not only just being the constable, you know, the uh, things you're involved in your community, you know, your nonprofit, uh, LIT. Mm -hmm. uh, being, you know, you said you're no longer a young man, what would you say is your advice for young men coming up now? Young black men. Young black men. <laughs> to be specific. <laughs> to be specific, yes. Uh, young black men and, and, and all. I think one of the greatest, I, I spoke the other day, I can't remember. Oh, I was able, I was invited to go speak at Minnie um, Rogers to some of the, um, the, the juveniles is there. And um, one of the, I spoke about a lot of stuff, but one of the main things that I, that I left them with uh, and I said was, if you don't take, if you don't remember anything else that I've said, you don't want to listen at all, it's up to you, but if you don't hear anything else, listen to people that are, want to do good for you, you know, listen to some of their experiences, you know, listen to some their failures so that you won't have to make I failed a lot, you know. I talked about a lot of, you know, things that I've been blessed with, but I didn't get it on the first try, nor the second try, and sometimes not even the third try. It was a working process, and I think a lot of times, as adults, we fail to let young people know that it's okay to fail. It's okay. It happens because I've done it. I'm not the only adult person that has not met the mark that I've set out for so it happens but what I didn't do is I didn't do well in that situation I made the best of it I said this is what happened 
now I have to go another route and I have to make it better and do it right, you know. So a lot of times we, should, we get here and we have speakers and we have people come. I'm setting many, many speeches and many talks or whatever and a lot to young people and they, they, you know, they make it seem like they've just done it right every single time. It doesn't, it's not like that. Yeah, when I graduated from Harvard, I got my... Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's the journey? I mean, sometimes you don't have that time to talk about it, but, you know, it's a journey. It's a ups and up and down battle. So I would tell you know, young people, young black men, hey, look at someone. If you want to better yourself, first off, that person has to better themselves. You know, I can't, I can come talk to you every day, but if you, if you cognitively don't want to do anything, then I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, so to say, you know. But if you do want to change, then find you someone that's going to give you that that that, that olive branch to help you uh, move forward in your endeavors. Not going to happen overnight. That's another thing. People think this stuff is to snap a finger, but it doesn't work like that. You know, it's a building process. Um, uh, this year marks 15 years that I've been out of high school. I graduated from Memorial High School, 2003, the first year that they consolidated. I was just about to ask. And, you know, 15, I look at it 15 years ago, I was graduating from Memorial, walking across the stage. Um, I think I was working. I had just quit a job at KFC, frying chicken. <laughs> and then I was um, working at Walmart. Really didn't like Walmart. Left from Walmart. Started working at Sears. Didn't like Sears, but they wouldn't give me no hours. Now we're working at Academy, all in while going to school, whatever. Like, like it, it was a process. So just 15 years ago, I was working at KFC. You know, and now I'm blessed to be where I'm at now, and I still have other goals and achievements that I want to do. But I think uh, people have to have a, a, a balance of short-term goals and long-term goals, and the vision that you have for you know. But if I could go back, I tell people, I made all the mistakes. Ask me anything you want to ask me. I can tell you. Don't go down that road. Shake it, you know. Um, or, you know, take this path, you know. So sometimes it's, you got to learn for yourself. I mean, it's just, some, it's, it is what it is sometimes. But if you don't have to make those mistakes, don't make them. Because I'm pretty sure somebody's somebody not ready to make them. So listen to that aspect. Um, if I can, and if I can, if I knew what I know now, back when I was graduating high school, or even younger, if I was listening, man, I, I don't know, I say it all the time, I'd probably be a millionaire, I'm probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably would have, you know, excelled a little bit quicker, you know, than what I did, you know, but you, people can have that understanding, they can have that knowledge already by just listening to people listening to them, it's, it's not, like I said, it's not going to be easy. It's not. It, it wasn't easy um, at all for me to get where I'm at. You know, I've been doubted. said I was too young. To, uh, that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, uh, all that. I've heard it all. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I made sure that, you know, I proved those people wrong. Sometimes people want to prove people wrong in the wrong aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> I prove you wrong, they go do something silly, you know. No, I proved you wrong and it made it a positive impact on not just my life, but the people around me. And uh, I think just, this is my compassion for uh, for the city, for the author and the communities around it. 
it's what's driving me um, each and every day to see to see it progress to see it be better. And um, I think if, if everyone kind of has that little bit of notion, I'm not asking everybody to do what I do or be a part of all organization I'm a part of. But there's one there's this there's one thing that each one of us is passionate about, and we can find our passionate place. Um, I, I, I always write down little stuff that come to my mind because I forget it nowadays. But I wrote this thing down one time. It says, find your passionate place in Port Arthur. It doesn't necessarily mean you do what I do, but find what you're passionate about. Because if you're passionate about something, you're going to do it regardless. You're going to do it to the best of your ability, and you're going to make sure that you do it because you love it and you're passionate about it. So I think if everybody, all 54,000 approximately, 54,000 people in Port Arthur, find their passionate what they're passionate about doing positive input off of them, we can really grow. But until we until we realize that, then, then we're going to be in a stagnant state, you know. So um, I think it's, it's time for change. The time is now. As uh, long as I'm here, I'm going to be pushing. And um, and y'all push me, I push y'all, and we're going to move forward. Um, and, and that's what I love about being in this, in this area. That's what I love about it. And not to make it a psychology lesson, but I, I love those remarks that you have because, you, I mean, just people like really what I got out of that is to respect the process, your process. Mm -hmm. When you were talking about, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, mm -hmm. you know, when you get that revelation, you know, I feel like uh, definitely now in our age, when you look at social media, we have all these young rappers and these young entertainers who come out, you know, being rich at such a young age that we feel like our ceiling is Load. Mm -hmm. And it's really not that. It's just the fact that we're not respecting our own process. Right. And, and really, you telling us that, you know, that 15 years ago you was just working at KFC yeah. and now you're a community leader. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That even inspires me, really. Um, but before we go, do you yes. have anything? Uh, really, all I wanted to say was that uh, what, you know, what we got from this interview is really the whole purpose for me of what wisdom is. Yes. It's really not useful to you, whoever amasses this wisdom. So you usually yes. received it a, a bit too late to do the things you wish you would go back to <laughs> But the younger people, the people who you can bestow it to, that's the purpose of it. And uh, really listening to what they said and saying, hey, don't do that. I done went down this path. You know, listen to that. You know, because somebody has done it before you and that information is incredibly useful. And uh, I just hope that you continue to be the leader that you are in the community because people are listening. Mm -hmm. They're paying attention. And... Uh, the seeds that you're sowing, they're gonna bear, you know, strong fruit. Yes, sir. Uh, it may not be our generation, it may be the generation that's after ours, but you know, the work that you're doing, the work that hopefully we continue to do is, you know, inspiration to not only ourselves, but everybody else. Right. Y'all, man, y'all, y'all really own it, man. Y'all, how old are y'all? Uh, 21, 22. Hey, man, I wasn't, I wasn't on it like that, so y'all ahead of the game. Y'all ahead of me where I was for as my. Um, I've always voted since I was 18 because my dad is like, when you turn 18, you voting. <laughs> so it just happened, you know, but I, I love the process. But as far as where you all and, and using, like we didn't have social media back in my day, you know, we had well, MySpace, you know. MySpace. Urban yeah. Channel. And that was like, yo, your college. Um, like, you know, so, <laughs> but you have all the different avenues to, to, to get your word out and let other young people know that, you know, they may have got up on, and just said, man, I don't even feel like doing it. And why am I here or whatever? But, you know, someone listening to this today and say, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged. You know, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by you all. I, I tell people all the time that I, 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 uh, 
I, I fuel myself off of other people, you know, and what they're doing there and their achievements or whatever. Um, I look at stuff. Um, I look at people. I look, I, I read stuff about billionaires and millionaires or successful people, and I, I look at it and I, and I read up on their background. I do it all the time. I get on on the internet and I Google that name and then I see what did they do to get to where they're at and what can I do in my life to kind of change it. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but can I can I make a better choice reading their background, you know, or hearing their story or whatever the case may be. So, um, like you said, passing, you know, preparing the, the people behind me is very important because, you know, I, I'm not going to be here all if, Know, forever, you know. So I have to be able to prepare young people like yourself, and then you all can prepare people for it. You know, one of the things um, that I see that needs to happen a little bit better here in Port Arthur's for the leaders that we need to understand and we need to know when to pass the torch. When to pass the torch. Sometimes we hold on to that torch too long before passing to the next generation. And when if you if you you know anything about a torch, at some point it's gonna burn out or it's gonna burn down. So why are we passing the torch that we wanna keep lit? But why are we passing it? Why would I pass it to you when the fire is two an inch and a half from your hand? You know, you're gonna get burnt. You're not gonna be able to get you know, get the food. So I need to pass that torch in a good way. I need to pass it when it's you know, more than halfway, so that you feel like they wait. Right, so you can still see that path. You know, I don't want to give it to you and then it fizz out and then you're in the dark. You know, and a lot of times that that happens. You know, so you best believe. You know, I'm gonna need somebody to be constable. I need somebody to step up and be constable. Not you know, and I can't be the constable no more. I'm not gonna wait till I'm 70, 70 some years old to pass that torch. You know, I'm gonna be ready to retire and move it and move down down and see. That someone progressed that 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 the office or whatever I'm doing or anybody. So I think as a, as, as my generation and people in, in leadership positions to understand that when it's time to pass the torch, pass it in good standing, and, and so that our young people can have something to 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 hold on to and and not fail. As soon as they pick it up, or not not feel like we have to clean so much up. Right. Right. That's very beautiful. Uh, but usually, you know, to sign things off, we have our guests to sign it off. You know, basically it's easy. All you got to say is, you know, this has been us. We all, you, you can say your little greetings or whatever. Yeah, reintroduce yourself. Yeah, whatever. but we like keeping it fresh every episode. So, so. What, what, I, what, I'm, what, I, what I'm doing again? <laughs> you're just signing <laughs> us off. You, you know, you're going to say your remarks and just sign us off and that'll be the it. Sign off. What's, yeah. the, what's the statement you said this has been what? E2 the podcast. It's like the benediction. E2 except the for it's not a prayer. Well, I want to thank you all again for, for having me to, to, to come out and, and just share the information and, and hopefully someone gra- uh, grab, grabs it and, and, gra- and motivate themselves in their lives. Um, I look forward to, you know, maybe later down the line, we, we're coming back to this area. I mean, coming back to my office and, and we, we talk again, man, and we can kind of progress and uh, Y'all have to show me how to do podcasts. I might have to do my podcast too oh, and invite y'all on my podcast. So but um but I appreciate y'all and uh once again this is Chris Bates. I let the kids call me Cop Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, this is Cop Chris. Um and, and this has been E to the Podcast. E to the Podcast. We're signing sure. out. All right guys. <laughs>